0: Welcome to Christchurch Manchester Sermon Podcast. CCM is one church that meets every Sunday in various locations across Manchester. For more information about who we are or about our Sunday meetings, please visit www.christchurchmanchester.com It's great to be here. those who don't know me, I always introduce myself as the old guy that started this and um, I'm normally based in one of our other congregations, but uh, it's good to be here this morning. The um, theme of the kind of term is 10 life-changing encounters with Jesus. So that's the theme that we are looking at, different people who had an encounter with Jesus that changed their life. As I started to prepare this sermon, I realized that i 'd been given a googly, and uh, the reason that I realized that is that this is called the Centurion's servant, and the Centurion servant it seems never met Jesus, <laughs> so a life encountering a moment with Jesus, but this boy actually was lying on a bed, dying. And actually, as I was thinking about this, I was thinking, this is so much more real for us than some of the others, because the reality is we're often praying for people, we're often wanting Jesus to encounter somebody that actually physically isn't with us, but also... Jesus physically isn't with us, it's here by his Spirit. And so, I do believe this, that as we go through this narrative this morning from Matthew's Gospel, actually there's so much in it that will help us, will teach us. As I was praying this morning, I thought, God just slip in my mind that there's going to be somebody here, at least one person who basically has heard some news just recently, maybe even this weekend, but just recently, about a loved one somewhere else, and your reaction is, I want to be with them. And I I just can't. It's somewhere else. And um, if that's you, I feel God would say to you this morning, God wants to speak to you and give you faith, that even though you can't physically be with them, Actually, God can answer your prayers. So, looking at to say Matthew chapter eight last week, Abby I think preached on Matthew eight one to four on the um, uh, Jesus encountering the leper and uh, healing the leper, and we're now going to look at uh, verse five and, and onwards. And says this, when Jesus returned to Capernaum, Capernaum, I think, was one of the places that he actually made his home. It was Peter lived there, his mother-in-law definitely lived there because uh, that's where he was going uh, to to heal her. And uh, it says this, "A, a Roman officer came and pleaded with him, Lord, my young servant or slave lies in bed, paralyses in terrible pain. And Jesus said, I will come and heal him. But the officer said, Lord, I'm not worthy to have you come into my home. Just say the word from where you are and my servant will be healed. I know this because I am under authority of my superior officers and I have authority over my soldiers. I only need to say the word, go and they go or come and they come. And if I say to my slaves, do this, they do it. Then Jesus heard this, he was amazed and turned to those who were following him. And he said, I tell you the truth. I haven't seen faith like this in all of Israel. Lord, I want to pray as we look at this narrative. <coughs> Holy Spirit, I invite you now to be amongst us. I say, Holy Spirit, would you minister to people? Would you... Come to people wherever they are. I want to pray, Lord God, that we would know your power this morning. I want to pray for faith to rise. I want to pray for the sick this morning to be healed. I want to pray whether they're in physical person with us here or they're on the heart of one of the people here. And I pray, God, that we would see you move like you did in this little servant boy doing miracles, I pray in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, come powerfully now. Amen. So this account should give us some encouragement. It should give us encouragement that Jesus does heal people. It should give us encouragement that we don't need to be in the same room as them. We don't actually have to be with them. It should give us encouragement that whatever we ask in Jesus' name, he can do. The name of Jesus is powerful. And it should give us encouragement, as was last week's sermon as well, that whatever background we come from, whatever state we are, whether we're a leper or a slave, whether we are a foreign, powerful soldier, Jesus what loves us, and Jesus wants to answer our requests. So there's three people in this uh, narrative that uh, we're going to look at. First one is Jesus, and uh, Jesus is just starting his ministry. He had gone back to his hometown, the little village of Nazareth, and on the Sabbath had gone into the synagogue. And uh, because he was a rabbi and because he was a hometown boy, (laughs) they said, would you open the scriptures? So they invited him and the scripture that he opened, the scripture of the day, was uh, was this. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. This is Jesus. He's standing in front of friends and neighbours, people he's known for years. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. Can you imagine it? They would have heard these words said numbers of times over the years in the synagogue, referring to somebody else. Can you imagine listening to the anointed one saying these words? And there'll be something in the way he said it that people would have thought, wow, this is different this morning. This is different. Because he's anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim that the captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free. And the time of the Lord's favour has come. God's favour is here. The favour of the Lord is with us. You know, even on that morning that he said this, he had numerous responses. And over the weeks and months that passed, some people, like this centurion we're going to look at and read have read about, humble, receptive, wholehearted and devoted others, Peter, John, Matthew, many others, Martha, Mary, heard the words. Some were healed, some were forgiven, yet some were argumentative. And some were even hostile, even at this moment. Even when Jesus stood in his hometown synagogue, hostility rose in some people. You know, when Jesus is around, it's never the same. It's not quiet. <laughs> it's, not, it's not like, when I say peaceful, do you understand? There are things happening. The peace of God is coming, but into an environment that the Spirit of God is moving in. And so, that's Jesus, the little cameo. He's going back to Capernaum to uh, uh, where sometimes he rested his head. And then the third, second person, as I mentioned, is the centurion, a Roman officer who would have been under the command of Herod Antipas. And the soldiers that he was in charge of would not have been Jewish, It's uh, probably drawn from Lebanon and from Syria. And he probably, all of them were quartered, actually, in Capernaum. So here's a Roman centurion from an alien foreign country who had authority not only over his own soldiers, but actually the people he'd come to be ruling over with Herod Antipas. Luke tells us also that this centurion soldier actually loved the Jewish people. That wouldn't have been true of all of them, but definitely of him. In fact, Luke says he actually helped build a synagogue. And so we have a, a centurion here who had come into an alien country but wanted to serve those people. So, interesting, interesting guy. And then we've got the servant. And uh, this whole talk is about the servant. And you know, he has a fairly passive role. <laughs> but actually, totally key in the whole thing. Other translations don't say he's a servant, but call him a slave. The difference between slave and servants in those days wasn't a lot. And sometimes slaves had high-ranking Uh, roles. There was far more slaves than there were free people in the Roman. Uh, It was just full of slaves doing many different roles from kind of agriculture right through to government. So these slaves, uh, which um, I say, uh, serve. so there's this young guy, he's a a slave servant, but he's in bed paralysed and with terrible pain. And then we're told in verse 13, which is the spoiler, (laughs) which I didn't read. It says, when the soldier asked Jesus to heal him, it says this. The young servant, the young slave was healed that very hour. At a distance, in another place, healed. So, Our oh Jesus, that's what we're going to look at this morning. That's the whole thing, that here's a servant who's dying, a slave who's dying, but had somebody who cared for him, cared enough to go and ask Jesus to do something for him. So, let's just look at two or three things that are going to encourage us and help us this morning. And the first thing is this, the whole thing of asking. It's an interesting thing that, uh, you know, we're all wired differently. Some people are wired to ask. I've got a middle boy, and um, he was in sales, he's now in recruitment, and uh, he has no... Problem asking anybody anything, you know. It's kind of just the way he's wired. It's just, in fact, when he was young, we would we would go and travel down through France and uh, would stop at a kind of uh, a, a place where you can kids can run around, and uh, within minutes we'd lose him. And and there he was, he was playing with kids, and I said, "How did you manage that?" He said, "I just asked, <laughs> can I play with you?" I said, "Do you not feel kind of..." Um, kind of scary, but he said, oh no, I said, he said, everybody wants to play with me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have another boy that would be completely the opposite, more like me. In my head is, I think I'll get a no if I ask, <laughs> do you know, and will they actually want to, you? and you kind of, we're, we're wired differently, aren't we? Some of us are wired like my middle boy, <laughs> Some of us are wired, like my older boy, and a lot of us are a mixture, <laughs> depending on who we are or where we are. But asking is such a vital ingredient to actually what Jesus asked us to do. <laughs> All through the Gospels, you hear Jesus saying, Ask. It's interesting when we look at this uh, verse it says, When Jesus returned to Capernaum, a Roman officer came and pleaded with him. You know, when you look at the different translations, one of them has pleaded, that's the New Living Translation, the King James says beseeching, the New American Standard says entreating, and NIV simply ask. You know what, I think I've done all of those when I'm praying. All those nuances I think I've done. I remember... Praying for one of my kids that that was going through a really, really, really difficult tragic time. I and I was out in the woods, and you know what? I was pleading. (laughs) I was like, God, do something. God, you know, it was like this was not just an (laughs) ass. That was last resort. I'm pleading, God do something. That's got the sentiment of this centurion. It's like last resort, (laughs) God come in. Other times I am kind of more confidently asking. Do you know? It's like that kind of just straight, God will you do it. All those different things are woven in to the narrative here. But Jesus wants us to ask. That was the first thing that this soldier knew, that he, if, he, what, if he didn't ask, he wasn't going to get. If he didn't go and plead, he wasn't going to receive. Jesus said this, keep on asking, Matthew 7, 7, and you will receive what you ask for. 1 John 5, John the uh, Apostle says this, since we know he hears us when we make our requests, we also know that he will give us whatever we ask Four, that's John telling the church later on after Jesus died. John 14, ask, you can ask for anything in my name and I will do it. So the son will bring glory to the father. Yes, ask me anything. This is Jesus. He's saying, ask, yes, ask, you know. And, uh, uh, and uh, anything in and I'll do it. I tell you this, if two of you agree on earth, it says in Matthew 18, concerning anything you ask, if two of you just look at them first and next to you if two of you if two of you ask so then my father in heaven will do it i could have given you i could have spent the next hour going through from genesis to revelation showing you where the bible wants us to ask i put some little post it notes on your find me on contact cards there and there's a pen What I want you to do now, I want you to ask. I want you to put a prayer request on it. Now, don't worry if it's very personal because you're going to tear it up afterwards. And uh, so it's not, so don't, but just, just write something down. This is your ask. This is kind of that you're going to ask in written form. (laughs) Okay. And then we're going to ask verbally, but in written form, just write down. Just something that you've been asking God for some of you will think can't think others will say I've got 50,000 things I'm asking God for put one of them down first thing that comes to your head okay Time's pressing. Now I'm just going to pray before I carry on. Lord, I want to pray now for these prayer requests. I want to pray, Lord God, in the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray, God, for you to answer these requests. In the name of Jesus. Now, pray, Holy Spirit. Whether they're healing for some people here, or whether there are for people outside of this room, I pray now, in the name of Jesus. I want to pray, Lord God, for the gift of faith to come on each person who's written something down here now. I want to pray, Lord God, like that centurion soldier, pleading, God, will you do it, Jesus? Lord, I pray now, in Jesus' name, for some miracles. Amen. Mark 16:17 says this these miracles and sign, signs will accompany those who believe they will cast out demons that's you and me we can cast out demons in my name they will speak in new languages they will be able to handle snakes with safety some of you can't even look at them to no mind handle them I was in America two years and we had snakes or we had lots of wild animals in our garden and I I was travelling and uh, there was a snake in our kitchen and I heard the story afterwards that my wife was standing on the table, screeching, ringing one of my colleagues (laughs) to come. The thing is, I'm glad I was away. (laughs) And it was my colleague that went, because I could act very brave because that was neutral. It wasn't. But uh, anyway, God says we could actually stand on snakes. And we'd handle snakes safely. If you drink any poisonous, it won't hurt them. You, they will be able to place their hands on the sick and they will be healed. That's you and me. Can place our hands on the sick. That's what we've been doing at the moment. Been placing our hands on the written word that you put down. Some of the people you've written down are sick. God, we pray in the name of Jesus for them to be healed. So that's the first thing. We need to ask. And sometimes we need to ask together in twos, threes, fours, you know? Sometimes it's the prayer of two or three can break through things. This soldier, he came. So the second thing, so linked to this, is faith. And uh, we see in this centurion uh, uh, a faith of of, of amazing faith. Says in verse 8, we carry on the narrative. Lord, I am not worthy to have you come to my house. Just say the word from where you are and my servant will be healed. You see, he'd gone to Jesus and pleaded, "Heal, heal my slave, my servant. And Jesus did something that he didn't expect. Jesus said, yes, I think he hoped and expected that. But the next thing Jesus said, completely he didn't. I will come to your house and do it. See, he's a centurion. He knew Jewish rabbis wouldn't want to be seen in a Gentile house. We saw, and if you read in Acts, you see there's a breakthrough of the gospel when, Paul, when uh, Peter has a revelation. He could go into a Gentile's house and uh, see Cornelius and his whole household um, saved. And so this centurion, he didn't want Jesus to, to do that. He, he didn't expect him to do it. And so basically... He's saying to him, look, I am not worthy for you to come. And that not worthy, part of it was his background. And part of it was just a humble posture. That he was standing in front of the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. You know, if you study much about the Greek Roman Empire... One of the things that they did not value was humility. (laughs) One of the things that in that culture they didn't see as good was humility. Paul had to address that many times to the Corinthian church and other church when they wanted him to be a kind of super apostle. (laughs) And he said, I came not with much to say, not with eloquent words, sorry. Not looking good. Came to you in weakness, and this was so counter the culture that the Greek wo- Roman word was and world was. But this Roman centurion, something of the humility, so got hold of him in front of the master and said, You're not worthy to come to my house, just say the word where you are, and my servant will be healed. The word is so powerful. Just say the word. The old world was created because God spoke. The the creator God said, let there be light, and there was light. God's word. And this centurion totally understood it. And then he he just kind of carried on. He just said, look, I'm under authority, Jesus, (laughs) you know. I know when my governor tells me to do something, Herod, Antipas, somebody else, I do it. (laughs) That's the thing. They speak, I do. But I've got soldiers, and when I speak, they do it. I know, Jesus, all authority is with you. When you speak, it's done. It's amazing. He's basically... Saying to Jesus, "Look, don't come to my house. Just say the word, and something will happen." You know, Jesus loves faith. You know, one of the biggest fights of our life is for faith. You know, faith's like you know when you have faith is a bit like being putting water in a sieve. You you put water in a sieve, it doesn't stay there. (laughs) And you know, it's a bit like that with our faith. You can have great faith one moment, and then the next moment, have you felt this? (laughs) It's like faith is gone. Where's it gone? It's like, it's just, something has happened. Some words have come, something has happened, and the faith that we had in one moment is gone. There's a fight of faith, and Jesus loves faith. His disciples Cast out demons, healed the sick, he sent them out in twos. And then a demoniac boy, who kept throwing himself in the fire, was brought by his dad. And they prayed for him all day and nothing happened. It's like the faith they had one day seemed to just evaporate the next day. Jesus came down and said, oh you... People of little faith. It was kind of, he was exasperated with them when he turned up and uh, he healed it. And the disciples quietly said to him, Lord, what did we do wrong? (laughs) He said, Look, if you have faith like a mustard seed, you could say to a mountain, not just a boy, (laughs) but a mountain, move and it will happen. So it's the, 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 the life of the, the apostles, this whole thing of fighting for faith. Jesus loves faith. And I'm believing this morning that as I'm speaking, faith is coming to some of you in a new way. Because that's what Jesus wants. He wants us to be renewed in our faith. He wants us, as we're worshipping, as we're hearing the word, to our faith that God can do miracles. And uh, that... God loves faith. You know, the boy's father who brought that demoniac for his request to Jesus was this, I do believe, just help me overcome my unbelief. <laughs> I do believe, just help me overcome my unbelief. You see, he was in an environment in that occasion where there's so much unbelief around. And I'm just encouraging you. <laughs> Um, this is to say, I, each one of these, I think, is touching where some of you are. Do you understand? Some of you are like the disciples. It just hasn't happened as I have prayed. God, Jesus, show me what's, what to do. You might be like the boy's father. <laughs> I do believe, but I don't believe. <laughs> you might be like the centurion. Pleading, knowing, yes, when Jesus says yes, it will happen. A whole mixture of different elements of faith. And you know what? Jesus loved each one. <laughs> the ones with no faith, he said, just have a little bit of faith. <laughs> just a little bit. God, I want to pray for those who feel like their faith has gone for certain things. I want to pray, God, would you give them a little bit of faith now? If that's you, I don't want to embarrass you. Just everyone close their eyes. I just want I just want you to put your hand up. I want to pray for you. If that's you, my faith, I just want a little bit more faith. Just put your hand up. I just want to pray for you now. Okay, good. Thank you. Lord, I want to pray now for these dear people. Thank you, Jesus, that with the apostles who couldn't heal that boy, you came to them with hope. <laughs> Just a little bit. I want to pray for mountain-moving faith now in the name of Jesus. I want to pray for it. Receive it. Receive it. This faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. Receive it. Thank you, Lord. Okay. Just about finished. I feel God's, I feel God's with us this morning. You know, I was with uh, quite a few pastors from across the city yesterday. We decided to spend six hours praying together. Just God in the room. And I said to them, please pray. I, I feel like we need a, a, a touch of God in CCM. We need, need a powerful encounter with the Holy Spirit. I feel God's here. Powerfully. Go back home, he said to the centurion, because you believed it has happened. And the young servant was healed that same hour. Just one moment before I pray. Jesus turned to the crowd and he said this, I have not seen faith like this in the whole of Israel. Some of you think you are born again. Some of you think my word's not his, but this is implication. Some of you think that you're on the inn, but actually when I come again, <laughs> this centurion and the Gentile people that he represents will be sitting with Abraham, Moses, Jacob, and all the patriarchs eating with me in the kingdom of God. And some of you won't. The gospel of Jesus is this. He wants everybody <laughs> to turn to him to ask him to be their saviour to forgive them their sins in the midst of this healing he wanted to explain actually the saviour of the world is here (laughs) this centurion is going to join all the hosts of the people of God if you are not part of the people of God and you've been hearing this you think it's all a bit kind of out there, I want to encourage you. Seek Jesus, the healer, the lover of your life, the one who died for you. Join with this centurion, not only who saw a slave healed, but actually was going to sit in the kingdom of God with the people of God.